0: Hello Internet and welcome to episode 47, Agent 47 in fact, of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. You're joining myself, Chris, one of your hosts, alongside my lovely co-host to my left, your right, Mr. Techie Teacher himself in the Purple Cube. Tom, welcome back for another week, sir.
1: The Purple Cube. Yeah, I'm sort of settling on this purple colour, aren't I, really? I haven't really thought about
0: it. Is it purple or is it blue and just the light? twists it um
1: it's sort of like it's sort of like a bluey purple actually it is it is sort of sitting in the middle there but it was just just hit a button on a remote and it set that color so i'm happy with that
0: indigo yeah and if we go below the purple cube we've got the man with his guitars the man of many pixels mr richie once again
2: i'm not shaving my head for this episode
0: (laughs) was that a requirement the Agent 47 reference. Oh, okay. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> okay well, caught us then. out with that one, I was thinking. Yeah. Did, we, did we ask Richie to she said for that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't recall that being a thing. But yeah, uh, bear in mind, there is no Agent 47 Hitman news or <laughs> anything this week yeah. to do with it. It just happens to land on Agent 47. And if we remember from our 007 episode, gentlemen, no one likes it when you focus the entire episode on a number-based <laughs> thing. So <laughs> we'll just move on from that. If you are new Kay. to the show, don't forget to give us a like down below. And a subscribe to the channel so you are kept in the loop with what is the Sounds of Stadia podcast. It just so happens to be the longest UK stadia centric running podcast in the world. In the world, Ba-ba-ba. we did a little calculation this morning and we're pretty sure we are. We're up to number yeah. 47 right now. Coming up on that one year anniversary, oh. gentlemen, we'll have to uh, put our heads together and think of some magical celebration we could do.
1: Uh, yeah, let we us ideas. Know. ideas.
0: Mm, maybe we could shave Richie's head. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we could shave your head and your beard, then glue your beard to your head. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Wow. Wonderful. Wow, okay. Um, That's commitment. But as I mentioned, this is the Sounds of Stadia podcast. Every week, we bring you a roundup of the gaming news, uh, Stadia-centric or otherwise, whatever's pertinent to the particular platform, from myself, Chris, Tom, and Richie. This week, we've got a bumper week once again lined up for you all. Uh, we're going to talk about... Um, Epic, having a bit of a problematic time with some massive multi-corporate companies. We're going to talk about uh, the Embrace Group, acquiring certain businesses that relate to Stadia. Uh, We've got some new gameplay announcements, some new details for some upcoming titles, uh, some juicy news, and of course, some stuff that could only happen on Stadia. So stay tuned, and we'll be talking about all that. But first things first, you two lovely gentlemen, what have we been up to? Housekeeping wise. Monster Boy, I'm getting there, Tom. I'm getting yes, back. Yes, you
1: are. Yes, you are. Part
0: seven. Um, I turned into a lion this week. I did indeed. I made loads of Lion King references and puns over on Twitter. <laughs> it's hard to think of names and titles for these videos sometimes. I don't just want to have it as Monster Boy Part Whatever because that just—it's quite mundane. I want to try and make it a bit more episodic centric. Yeah. Um, how far from the end would you say I am now? You're still a fair distance, I'd say. Okay. So... Yeah, you're
1: probably you're probably sitting around about. I want to say about sixty percent of the game. You've still got a fair bit to go. Okay. Okay. Mm. Well, I've
0: got a week off work, so I could get a few episodes in the can for Ooh. this one. But uh, good man. Keep tuned every Saturday. I'll come to you with our lovely uh, cartoon action and uh, many, many deaths. Many, many deaths. Mm. Many With deaths. Many, many deaths. <laughs> many, many deaths. Um, and of course... that death counter? <laughs> no, it's beyond that, Richie. There, there's not enough digits in there. You need like a, a pie, <laughs> infinite yeah. logo to go on for that. Um, this week I also jumped in and checked out Rock of Ages because I know Tom you was super excited for this one. So I thought I'll jump in and I'll give everyone a first look. So head over to the channel for my first look at Rock of Ages 3, Make and Break. Um, very Monty Python-esque. Um, have you had a chance to jump in and mess around with it yet it obviously launched this midweek either yeah. you two played on it
2: no um, I, I was thinking about trying to get in this weekend but just didn't get round to it so far
1: i picked it up on the um on the day it came out so on the 14th so just a couple of days ago i was actually in liverpool over the weekend just um just for some time away really and fortunately m- finally managed to get to try out some 5g which uh, we'll we'll talk about later mm. on um, picked up Rock of Ages, sat down on my phone, played through that a little bit, and um, yeah, I, I got through the first little bit. It, it, it takes a bit of time to get used to. It is a fun game, but I think um, you know we'll we'll talk about our thoughts about that another time on a separate video. But uh, it, it needs a bit of polishing. I think it needs a bit of polishing, but it's still fun. Don't polish it too, much. too
2: Too slow, so you just need to polish it a bit more.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Too much friction. Just polish that lane down like a bowling alley.
0: yeah um go check out my first impressions of it uh there's definitely a learning curve that i don't think the game lends itself very well to teaching you um personally i would i know level one is basically here's how you roll the ball and this is the the gameplay and then very quickly it throws you into this is the castle defense kind of mechanics and i personally probably would have rather enjoyed a few more levels of the the action element of it rather than being flung straight into the mechanics of castle defense because yeah, it, just, it was quite a stark contrast between... It was almost felt like I was playing two separate games. Yeah, um, I think
1: that was sort of my experience as well. Um, it was a game I was very much looking forward to, and I'll probably sit down and play a little bit more. But I think in terms of not just a learning curve, but also a difficulty curve, mm-hmm. once you get through the tutorial, you're very much thrown into it, and all of a sudden the difficulty just spikes massively because not only have you got those tower defense modes that you experienced as well, but there's also like a war mode too, which is where um two parties the two the two people battling against each other are both simultaneously building and defending um and you have to wait for your boulder to sort of like go through a time before you can launch it mm. and while you're waiting for your boulder to launch you need to set up your course to pre- uh, to prevent the enemy from attacking you and it's very very fast paced and you've got to be so on it yeah. but Is i it do think of
2: too many mechanics too quickly kind of thing
1: yeah and it doesn't really explain all of the mechanics so um one big thing that i i noticed with with chris's reaction video and you'll see it in the comments because i just wanted to throw it straight in there for anybody who hasn't played the game yet is using the towers people some people are using the towers and suddenly just like placing one tower here one tower there one tower there but you very quickly learn that the towers do absolutely f all absolutely nothing so what you actually need to do is you need to hold down the A button and drag the tower from one position to another, and it constructs a wall, and it's the wall right. that slows things down instead. It's like in
2: the Age of Empires 2 where you just put the one thing but you need to drag it yeah. to get it from yes. the wall. But, but
0: I it not explain it. Yeah, yeah, I naturally just thought it, it was a turret. The little icon looked mm. like a turret, and yeah. I placed the turret some people showed up around it. And then, yeah, the boulders just smashed the hell through those things. I was like, well, they're crap. They're useless. What are you thinking?
2: This is a tower defence style game. This is a tower. literal tower. You'll shoot things at the yeah. boulder.
0: But uh go go check that out. Again, it's a free pro mm. game, so who am I to deny? It? I certainly would have wouldn't not have bought the game, so it was great to jump in and check that out as well. Uh speaking of new things we played, Richie, you joined myself this past Thursday, as promised, for some more for, well not some more, some strange brigade action. Uh strange we had, brigade. We've had a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was uh blast. we we played for nearly four hours. <laughs> it was just <laughs> we got into it, we picked our characters and we went through yeah, um Mumma 1930s, with some Explorer your moustache action. Uh, super fun. Uh, I'm happy to jump back in again this Thursday, to be fair, yeah, in definitely. our weekly stream. It Um And I guess there is spare spaces. So, Tom, if your adventure um, life will allow it, you can uh, join us in Strange Brigade. <laughs> um, but even if you are there or not able to join us, uh, we need help. We need a full team. Me and Richie start getting so far and the difficulty yeah. seems to get a bit more... Yeah, stronger where we would require more help. So if you are listening to this show right now... got screwed over a few
2: times by Minotaurs.
0: Yeah, or Minotaurs, we discussed what... What do you call them, Tom? I'd probably call it a Minotaur. I always feel like Minotaur was... Yeah. Everyone called it that. And then as pop culture and American television's getting more... Yeah, Minotaur, I think that's I the problem. Mean, I think I it's been Minotaur.
2: Americanized Until Assassin's Creed Odyssey, mm. and they were always going Minotaur. So I wonder if that's closer to the actual Greek. Pronunciation?
0: Interesting. Possibly. But either way, we'll be jumping back in this Thursday for our weekly live stream, and we need your help. So jump into the chat if you've got the game. I mean, if you've got the game, you should do. If you're a Stadia fan and a player and a pro subscriber, uh, you'll have it for free already. So jump in and help us out as our third or fourth member uh, this Thursday. Probably about 8pm UK time. Check us out for that stream as well. Uh, But that's it for housekeeping. Uh, We do have one subject I'd like to get onto before we jump into the news, and that is Tom you've uh, made the switch the the final nail in the coffin switch which does actually pertain to our first story of the week as well Um, you made the switch from iOS, Apple over to Android and you picked up a nice new shiny phone Uh, you've had it for about a week or so now and you've been away you've been able to test it on 4G, 5G you got yourself the um, uh, Kishi peripheral as well yep give us your thoughts how is life on the move, gaming on the move using the power of Stadia right right now
1: Um, it's, it's great if I'm going to be honest with you, uh, the transition from iOS to Android was actually really slick. Like I thought it was going to be really difficult to actually sort of make that change because even though I'm quite a techie person and I sort of embrace a lot of different types of technology, different operating systems and computers and so on. Um, I have not really done that with phones. I've sort of bought into the Apple, um, ecosystem and stuck with that ever since day one, really. So to actually make that jump from Apple to, to, well, from iOS to Android is, to me, it's kind of a big thing because I've never actually done that before. But they really have thought about the the, the user base essentially transitioning across from one platform to another. And I've actually found it actually to be really sort of like self-explanatory. When I think of Android, I think about things that require people to be a little bit more hands-on and have a little bit more knowledge about what they're working with. But the reality is they've definitely tried to for lack of a better way of putting it, dumbed it down, I suppose, to make it a little bit more accessible to the end user. In terms of gaming and so on, I mean, this has been fantastic. So I picked up the Galaxy S20+, Plus, which um, it is the 5G unit. We haven't got full rollout of 5G in the UK at the moment, but I have had the opportunity to test it out. I tested it over while I was in Liverpool, and I was picking up speeds of about 250 meg per second, which meant that I could get everything that I needed to on Stadia, really. The other thing I would say about this phone in particular as well with the Galaxy range, I'm not sure if they've done this on the Pixel, so you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. But the, uh, the S20 Plus comes with a 120 hertz refresh rate as well on the screen, which means that everything just moves really slick in terms of moving through menus and gameplay. It's just almost like um, if you think about your frame rates in video games, your 30 FPS, your 60 FPS and so on there... Your screen also has to refresh at that rate as well. So not only how many frames the game generates, but how many frames the screen can actually process at any one time. So having 120 hertz uh, refresh rate is really, really nice because everything just flows really smoothly. Um, I
2: think the Pixel 4 and the Pixel
1: 4 XL is capped at 90. Okay. 90 is still good. It's better than the base 60. But um, no, it's been fantastic. Um, I've tried out the touch controls. I've tried out the Razer Kishi as well. I'm working on a video on the site, so you can expect to see that this week as well um, of my thoughts about the Razer Kishi. But um, initial thought, a bit of a taster for you. It's it's good. It's really really good. It's good. I had a few initial issues, but they've been they've been sorted now. I'm going to talk about those in the video too. But I would strongly recommend anybody who is thinking about moving from um, from iOS to Android, if you are a Stadia gamer, or if you're thinking about getting into XCloud or any of the cloud gaming. I'm I'm going to be bold and say I'm going to do it, like do it. I would definitely consider doing it because, you know, there's a lot of things we're going to be talking about in relation to Apple this week. And I think these are things that we all need to consider about going forwards. Uh, We talked about some stuff last week as well in relation to Apple not really supporting cloud gaming. I I think that's pretty much been solidified by the events that transpired over the past week as well. But my overall experience has been absolutely top. I definitely recommend it.
0: Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Welcome to the dark mm. side. Yeah. <laughs> or the light side. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> from a certain point of view, Richie.
2: Yeah. Well, I'd say the Apple's the light side because most of the products are white. Where the, most are Android they? phones come. Yeah. Are they? Uh, an iPhone's usually white. When you think of an iPhone, you mm, think of a white no. phone.
0: No, I don't think Really? It. Space grey <laughs> right has been their most prominent colour for... Aside from the rose gold variant, space grey is the default.
1: I get what you're talking about though. They've got Apple have got very much the branding of using like the white logo on a solid colour background or vice versa, a white background with a solid dark colour logo in the middle as well.
0: So but either way, there's still a massive conglomerate yeah. business, so by default they're yes. the dark side, right? <laughs> Along with Google and Amazon and every other massive company everyone's um, on the dark side. We're about to talk about but before we talk about that, Tom, we need you to give us a set and roll call noise. The Super Sexy Special Stadia Story segment, a.k.a. The The News! News And one hell of a week in news. (laughs) news It has really been uh, right off the back of that, talking about switching from iOS to Android. They kind of all hell broke loose this week in the world of gaming and large corporations, and we've said on the show many, many times they're quite often at each other's other's throats, these businesses, even though they have... Deals on the side, and they work in tandem, patents, copyright lawsuits. It's basically just a big game of tennis for them. They sock a million dollars one way, it comes straight back to them, and vice versa. But this week, uh, the gaming industry got very, very involved with it, which, as we all know, as all of you probably listeners out there, is the biggest form of media entertainment in the world. It surpasses music, it surpasses cinema, television. It makes more money. GTA alone probably makes more money than all of those uh, by, by its own rights. But this week, uh, both Epic Game Store was removed from iOS, um, Apple's App Store, and the Google Play Store. And yeah, kind of just shit hit the fan with this one, gentlemen, where (laughs) Epic, Tim Sweeney, came out and basically said, we don't approve of their business methods, they're taking a massive cut, 30%, I believe is the number being flung around, and yeah, they pulled it, they pulled it, and this, this has basically caused this big massive uproar and saying who's right, who's wrong, but essentially probably one of the biggest, richest companies in the world in terms of games right now, Epic, are standing their ground and saying, no, 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 your business practices are not right. We're just not going to be on your app store. And Apple kicked them off because of their rules. Did Epic pull it or did... uh,
2: I think we need to look at the the Apple and the Google stuff separate. Um, But did Epic pull it
0: or did um, Google pull it? From what my understanding is, Epic made the change to the in-app where basically you could buy V-books for Fortnite... Through the app, basically negating the whole app store process at a twenty yeah. percent discounted rate. So the incentive which, was, was to just buy it. Breach of the, um, app store which is a breach rent.
2: of the ter- uh, um, which is a breach of Google's Play Store's terms of service. Yeah, and so Apple's Apple store, app store Service and Apple. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but then this goes back to business practices and if it's fair when we are we discussed it, we touched on it last week when the, yeah. the rumourings were coming about of it. Um, any more thoughts on this one? Tom and uh-huh. specifically, there's,
2: there's a, we're, yeah. we're mainly getting this from a verge article, and there was two things that they kind of summed up what this, the lawsuits are about: monopoly control of the distribution of software to the platform, and monopoly control of the payment systems within the software. This is why I think we need, the first one of them is why we need to look at Google and Apple separately, because I don't think Google have a monopoly control of the distribution of software to Android phones. As um, Epic themselves say, after 18 months of operating Fortnite and Android outside of the Google Play Store, we've come to a basic realization that, um, Google puts the software downloadable outside the Play Store at a disadvantage. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, um. obvious statement is obvious statement. This is, but with Apple, they've got a point on that one because, well, you have to go through the iStore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. iOS has always been based on security and Apple have always prided themselves on on keeping everything safe and secure within their ecosystem and that's why everything Works so well cross-pollinated across iPads and all devices. The reason I've, I've always been a big Android fan is that open-source material. As someone who's been into gaming and customization, and I remember even just when the original iPhones came out, I was really frustrated at the lack of ability to just move icons around on my home screen, whereas you could, you could do it on every Android device. So yes. even having your think... own background or ringtone, that didn't have to be purchased through the iOS store. Um, was my big switch over many many moons ago but you're totally right there Rich, in saying yeah if you wanted to download the Epic app on Android you would simply go to the website download the file and install it on your phone you wouldn't have to even go through the yeah. Play Store iOS doesn't have such a luxury unless you jailbreak the phone which is why this is now yeah. basically taking millions of people off the table and they are not going to be able to access Epic or Fortnite through an iOS device which is a lot of people, it's a, as we discussed last week, it's a big market share to leave on the floor when it comes to the millions and millions of pounds, dollars that are out there to be made.
2: My overarching thought on reading this article is, this is a big business not getting as much money as they wanted when <laughs> they were out, looking at. I'll focusing on the Google side of it because the Apple side of it is, I think they've got more of a
1: justifiable oh, I, point. I'll, yeah, I'll comment on that in a moment.
2: Yeah, um, with the Google side is they were operating outside the Google store weren't happy with the money, probably the install rate, so they put themselves on the Google Store, changed the, te- changed the the software to breach Google's center of service, and now kicking up a fuss because they probably just weren't earning enough money off it. This is big business
1: really being big business, to be honest. That's mm-hmm. my overall thoughts on this. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah. so... First things first, I'm going to lay down the situation. Um the the reason that Tim Sweeney and Epic are not happy is because they that um, Google and Apple through purchases made through the Google Play Store or the App Store make a th- take a 30% cut of all profits that are that are made through an app. Um, that's why the purchases have to be routed through that. Um that's not unheard of. Steam does exactly the same thing. Yeah. That that's Epic. not unheard of. Epic does the same thing. Yeah. Which, yeah. It's, It's not unheard of. This is literally, as you said, Richie, big business being big business. They want to increase their profits and just drop their costs, essentially, which, you know, that's what businesses exist for, right? Um, But what Epic have done, quite frankly, in my personal opinion, this is my opinion alone. I don't speak for other people um, or, or the two of you here, but they have they have absolutely just breached the guidelines that are set. That They have agreed to those terms and conditions. They have followed them for, what was it, 18 months or so? Mm. It was and... 18 months when they went
2: through the Play Store. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how long they were right. on the Play Store for. It's so, about a
0: year or so, if, if give or take okay. from what I've heard. Okay.
1: But now they've basically just underhanded the the terms and conditions essentially like the license yeah. the and agreement that they have in place they've just underhanded like just underhanded cut it out there and that's bad practice in my personal opinion you know they've agreed to a set uh to set terms they knew what they were getting into and they've gone behind the scenes to do it now i understand their reasoning for it in the way they've marketed it in yeah. in fact i actually think it's kind of kind of sly the way they did it. So in, in Fortnite they actually put up one of those big cinema screens and actually broadcast a um a video Hashtags. message and yeah, um it's like free Fortnite or yeah. something like that. But they actually created a um George um George Orwell nineteen eighty four, except they renamed it nineteen eighty Fortnite, um sort of like branded message to basically say that these big businesses shouldn't be allowed to take these sorts of cuts. Well, I'm sorry, but you agreed to them in the first place.
2: But I think Epic are referring to themselves as if they're not a big business. Yeah. They're massive.
1: They're, they are arguably one of, like, outside of Tencent in China, one yeah. of probably the biggest companies in, like, globally. Okay. Like, look at the success of Fortnite alone, globally. Oh, Fortnite aside, Unreal Engine. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> it. It's like, they, they are huge. This is um... big. To me, they're Why, just using like illegal. They've created the legal position to try and leverage to fault, use the courts to leverage Google's to change their policies.
1: And I don't think in any way whatsoever that this is going to succeed. I, I don't see how, under any circumstances, that this can be changed. It might well, spark change in terms of like the the thoughts about like the, um, capping, perhaps the amount that um, platform owners can actually charge hmm, yeah. in terms of business rates and so on. But I don't really see how this is going to really on, impact them business to business. Yeah.
2: On the Google side, I agree, because Google can always just point out, and go, you yourself have stated that you, you had your um, software on Android phones for 18 months without using the Google Play Store. You're free to do that again. Yeah. The Apple argument is different because that option is not available. So then they, if Apple do have an effective monopoly... Hmm. which should be looked at as a very different scenario
0: yeah it's it's kind of opens it up to the wider question where you're completely right Tom in what you addressed there saying like you agree to these business practices and part of me thinks well these two storefronts both Apple and Google they're ran by Apple and Google so it doesn't give another business any given right to be on sale on that platform it's the same with like yeah. retail just because you own a product doesn't give you the right to put it on everybody's shelves and shops it's like it's, yeah. it's not your storefront <laughs> um, it goes back to I think Google were fined millions by the European Union last year for breach of um, consumer laws of when you Google Googled, like say I don't know I didn't find anything. a nice colorful hat it would bring you up their search engine results before the competition and they got fined millions upon millions for that my personal take on that it's their bloody storefront they can promote their own stuff within it if they want to it's their yeah. storefront alas apparently this... it's not consumer-friendly which obviously it's not however well, back to what we're talking about here is you're right business practices aside they've breached the rules they agreed to so yeah you kind of have yep. to be on Apple and Google's side here, but um, when for it comes point, to yes. yeah, for that point, when it comes yeah. down to smaller developers, um, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and online basically saying that it needed a company the size of Epic to do this to actually get any traction yeah. or see any potential movement because all of the the small like one person, two person indie development teams who make apps for games then. Being uh, stripped of thirty percent of their income is a big chunk for like one or two individuals on the smaller Mm. side. Yes, to Epic it may be like chump change. I mean, we say chump change, Mm. but we're talking millions upon millions. But it is a big, it is a big cut of money to take for essentially doing nothing other than
2: having it digitally distributed. I think too often are we quick to just assume that there's a single motivation. Epic probably have multiple motivations within that company to have made this move. Mm. Um, they probably are thinking about some of the smaller developers to to a degree. But I, th- I think you just need to move away from, be careful not going, epic good, Google bad, or Apple bad, et cetera. Food, good. All, yeah. What we need as well is realize this is actually very complicated stuff we're talking about because we're talking about as this digital retailer effectively that operates globally but even different states in the US have different laws in terms of things like monopolization and like what can and can't do. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be, especially the Apple side, the Apple side's a bit more, I think, clear cut. Apple do seemingly have an effective monopoly because if you have an Apple phone, you have to use their store to get anything that's different to the Google side. So I would take these cases very differently
1: it's also quite interesting if you think about the actual consumer base for for, for Epic products in general. And, and, and let's be honest, most of that is Fortnite. Um, as a teacher, I see lots of students owning phones and a lot of those students, particularly in the lower year groups at secondary school do. Um, so talking like the ages of like 11 through to, to, to 16, um, they would probably be invested in one way or another in Fortnite. It, it's the big thing with kids, right? Like yeah. that and Minecraft. Um, and Roblox to a certain extent, um, but most of those students, I would say, also own iPhones. They don't own Android phones. They don't own um, OnePlus. They don't own Samsung. They don't own Google phones, um, and many other different brands that are out there on the market. So effectively, what's happened here is now all of those all of those um, young gamers out there who were playing Fortnite and may not, may not so much have been spending money on v which this sort of comes down to at the end of the day, but the parents probably do at some point, one way or another. Um, they can no longer play Fortnite on their phone. It's gone <laughs> on, from, from iOS. It's, it's just gone. It doesn't exist anymore. If you had the app, it no longer works on iOS. Um, so the question to me, or the question that I'm thinking at this point then is, what happens to that user base? Because most of them probably play on mobile. They probably don't play on, on PC. There will probably be some who do play on console as well. In, in fact, I imagine a large, a large chunk of them do. But then that also makes me move over to the argument then of what about the PlayStation Store and the Xbox Store? Do they have some sort of agreement in place that works in a roundabout way? Why aren't they being targeted as well, if that is the case by, by yeah, Epic? That's a good point. Because mm-hmm. at that point then, that, that gets me thinking... Is Epic targeting Google and Apple because of is is it because of higher percentages or is it because they want to try to negate the the dominance of Apple and Google in the mobile marketplace and start to get people moving to, as you said before, Richard, like direct downloads for, for games instead rather than through, um, you know, mediated platforms. I think there's I think there's a lot more behind the scenes to this argument in particular that people that you know that isn't there's, being reported as well. There's a lot
2: of complicated motivations into what's led them to make these decisions.
1: Yeah. But I think the console thing is an interesting thing to consider because to me at the at the end of the day what Epic what Epic's end goal is is they want to get everybody into the Epic store and getting everything through through Epic's own storefront because that way they get 100% of the profits. Um so if anything were to happen with this Google and Apple lawsuit, does the attention then turn to Microsoft and Sony? Which I don't think that's a smart move at all. But I, I, if it, it sort of it sort of raises more
2: questions, mm, if you get th- where I'm going with it. I think they're probably more willing to take the risk on mobile because I I kind of think the mobile the user base on mobile is probably dwarfed by the console user base. And there's probably a lot of crossover okay. anyway.
1: Okay. Um,
2: I, I think you're probably most likely to play Fortnite on your phone if you're already playing it on PlayStation or
1: Xbox. I'd be interested to see what um what I might what be I've... wrong, but yeah.
2: Um, I'd be
1: interested to see what the yeah. community think about that, though. So yeah. um, let us know, let us know what your thoughts are in the comments as well, please.
2: Yeah. I I, I kind of think what's probably going to happen is I think with the Google stuff, it might just be a financial settlement outside of court. I really think that's just the way it's going to go, or the the, the uh, a specific bespoke deal where we'll only take twenty percent of a cut rather than thirty percent—that sort of idea. Hmm. Apple hmm. could be a very different story because it might force legislators, and I think it's California looking at this to really look into Apple's business practices hmm. on the um, on the iPhone and the store specifically. Yeah, I mean it's, that could be a bigger story there. Yeah. This could be the roots of something bigger. The,
0: the whole story about business practices has been kind of a thing bubbling under the surface for quite some time, and whether it's in yeah. relation to gaming or just paying taxes correctly and, yeah. and other practices like why is one company so rich in comparison to others and having that monopoly in that storefront definitely yeah. helps that. Um, obviously, capitalism at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. But. On the flip side of all these things, my to bring it back around full circle is all these practices and all these things in regard to blocking, I think it's it's highlighted, if not more, this week because it came right off the back of them not allowing Microsoft to have Xcloud and by situational chance Stadia also being on their app store. So now the spotlight is definitely switched to kind of controlling these storefronts and it just kinda like it just seems like hit after hit. In, like the light is now being shone upon. Like, well, why do they gatekeep it? Why do they control it? Why are they the people who prevent millions upon millions of people accessing this stuff? Because the turnaround of that would be, um, Tom, you said about the Epic store kind of came out of nowhere the last few years because they have the millions of money. Um, if you could play Stadia or Xbox, you could then play Fortnite through the mobile thing, but their maps are also books, so.
1: Are you saying that the eye of Sauron is firmly fixed upon Apple right now?
0: <laughs> I mean, it seems to be from everything I can see, but it, it yeah, just makes you think if the Epic app was blocked, but xCloud and Stadia are okay, then you could play Fortnite through there. and kind of. But again, mm-hmm. that's another thing. So now you've got a question, is Apple blocking them all for the same reasons or is it different rules for one and different rules for the other? And Google by association, but they'd be stupid to block Stadia. Yeah so
1: it's um it does it raises a lot of questions mm. but sort of bringing this back on topic with it being a stadia centric pod- podcast <laughs> yeah. um i sort of feel like epic targeting google here i know again google has a lot of like it's a lot of different divisions within it but this sort of also highlights to me that epic are not prepared to work with google at the moment in terms of you know releasing their products releasing their games on uh, onto google platforms or, or particularly they're looking at sort of trying to wrestle control back before they consider anything there. Well, we talked last week about how um, they have they've, they've said that Fortnite isn't going to be coming to Stadia anytime soon because of the number base. This sort of solidifies that that sort of argument that, that Fortnite is not coming anytime soon to Stadia at the
2: moment. I, I think, reading behind the scenes, I think the main thing why, why Epic are less inclined to play ball with Google is they're trying to position the their Epic star to be a direct com- competitor to Steam. Yeah. Google's probably stepping in the way a bit on that, especially mm. if they brought something. Like, if they brought Fortnite to Stadia, why would anyone go to the Epic Store? That would be part of the thought, thought process. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's all change. It's all change, but it is yeah. all swings and roundabouts, and this is what happens. Money gets exchanged, businesses change, businesses evolve, and uh, we'll just we'll definitely keep an eye on this one. Uh, yeah, I
2: think it is one of them. This is probably it's either this is just routine business gone. Doing businessy things, and it's been amplified by last week's stories about mm-hmm. Apple and cloud streaming. Or this is the beginnings of a bigger story, potentially. Well,
0: I certainly think so, but we shall see. So, big story aside, moving on to another little story, which I think slipped under the net for a lot of people this week. Um, the Embracer Group um, is a—it's a again more millions and millions of pounds and dollars being shared around uh, this week. They acquired. Uh, They're also part of the, sorry, they own the THQ Nordic group, which we know has been just a big blob of games just absorbing title after title. It's it's the black Uh, hole of the gaming universe. It really is.
2: Since THQ Nordic, like, Rose as like a phoenix company. They just started buying everything yeah, that was up for
0: sale. Anyone in its gravitational pull is just oh shit. We're in, oh, we're owned by them now. We're now a subsidiary <laughs> of THQ Nordic. Um,
1: talk about talk about conglomerate groups. <laughs> well, exactly.
2: see that I'd love to see their the, like financial statements. because yeah. they must be very
0: interesting. Ups and downs, ups and downs. And we know they've put out so SpongeBob uh, rehydrated one was one of theirs. Um, if I'm not mistaken, destroy all humans was part of their. See now every triple A, double A title I kind of just envisage being part of THQ Nordic <laughs> at this point. Uh, you double check on that for me. Uh, I can see you type and Tommy yeah. run that. Yeah, THQ hey. Nordic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as you can see, basically anything that's not triple A or indie is owned <laughs> by THQ Nordic <laughs> across the middle of the board <laughs> oh, to Or be, will be. Yeah. To be fair, we're we're even like pushing it, just mentioning them on the podcast. We could yeah. be absorbed by THQ Nordic just for talking yeah. about them. I can feel that pull sucking us <laughs> away yeah, towards yeah. it. Um, but. To the actual story itself <laughs> is, yeah, the Embracer Group, who owns THQ Nordic, uh, they picked up 4A games, uh, DECA games, or D-C-A, uh, DECA games, New World Interactive, Palindrome Interactive, Pow, Pow Pow Wow Entertainment, Rare Earth Games, not to be mistaken for Rare Entertainment, Solar Media and Vermilla Studios in one fell swoop, gentlemen. They've got eight yeah. new acquisitions once again. But the biggest thing for me is 4A are obviously the developers behind the Metro franchise. Uh, yeah. Which are all available on Stadia now. So, in terms of Stadia news, this could be big going forward in terms of ongoing relationships and partners. Um, but more importantly, the games they're talking about working on next is a another AAA production valued game um, from Saber Interactive as their publishing partner uh, for future Stadia games. This is, I mean, is it good news? Is it bad news? Is it kind of just? It doesn't really impact Stadia at this point. You'd like to think it doesn't really change anything that's yeah. set in place, but. Yeah, I kind of feel like this one went under the radar a little bit.
2: The main thing for me, hmm. why I think it probably has went under the radar a bit, is these are all very small studios. I don't, apart from 4A, I don't think I've really heard of any of the games that these guys have produced. the Media, I don't think it's even a game studio. It,
0: um, interesting. Yeah, actually, you're right, Richie. It's a sales agent of international film and yeah. TV right distribution for children and family films around the globe. Um, it's also, yeah... It's through the Kosh Film label, which is another one they own. But this is where business practices yeah. kind of become a bit weird, where everything's kind of hidden between 20 different cups and the ball's just moved <laughs> throughout them. And then all of a sudden yeah. they'll reveal one, like, oh, look, it's a game. <laughs> Put it back in, move them yeah. around. Um, I, I don't
2: mean to say that these are bad games that they've produced or anything like that. It's just I haven't heard of them.
0: Hmm.
2: So I, I'm not, that's why I'm not sure how impactful this news actually would be to Stadia. I mean, it's potentially more games. That's a good thing.
1: Mm, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. familiar with New World Interactive. Um, I'm trying to have a quick look through as to why. I know Insurge- New World Interactive.
0: Insurgency. Uh, yeah. Non-insurgency. In no. Non-insurgency.
2: Same. Oh, that's Saber Interactive. That, that's the parent company. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Perhaps. 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 <laughs> I've, I've the down the, Yeah, I was just scrolling down the website, and that's yeah.
0: So if we look at four games in particular, like I said, they did the Metro franchise and the the long-term developer with the publisher Deep Silver. So they've got uh, 150 staff working on it. So they, they are kind of like a triple A, a triple A, yeah. in personal opinion, double A, two, triple A, they're in that like middle ground between it. Uh, but we know they've just had Metro Exodus came out uh, last year, so now the focus is surely going to be on that next title personally i would like to see them move away from the metro franchise and do something a little bit different uh, and it does look in the in their brief uh, kind of press release they put up there is they're going to be working on a new triple a property uh, from that team which is going to leverage the experience from working on the metro franchise so most yeah. likely a, a first person shooter i will hope to take a totally different detour and make something new and exciting because uh, i do enjoy seeing a, a fresh new ip but well hopefully it's they won't entirely- just get absorbed
2: it's entirely possible the reason they've bought these studios is so they can work in collaboration with each other. So you could have four-year games effectively because they've got these other smaller studios. It could almost effectively increase the amount of people they have by leasing out internally parts of the game development to other studios.
1: Yeah, I think that's certainly something that in terms of business deals like this, that that, yeah. that might be more... What we're yeah. looking at here, we're looking essentially at an umbrella corporation. Yeah. Not not the same umbrella corporation, <laughs> not, of <course>. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, not that one. Please. Not, not that, that one. one. If you're working on that one, stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're already dealing with one virus as is. <laughs> we are
0: indeed. Um, Let's not bring the T-virus fine. into this. <laughs> In terms of THQ Nordic, I really just want them to get that time split this game out. I've been have been going on about it for so long. There's a Time Splitters rewind, which is a fan made one using Unreal Engine. Uh, that's been in the works for what feels like an eternity now, and they give like an annual update because it's such a small group of people working on it part time. But they own the IP, so just ah, oh, come on, come on, guys, come on, THQ, embrace the group, do something. I'm just wondering with your whether around
1: studios. I'm wondering whether Embracer is sort of like buying up all these studios so they can actually create their sort of like em- Embracer cinematic universe type <laughs> Super Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers. <laughs> type thing. I They've got it. Darksiders, you know, if you talk about THQ Nordic, a Darksiders, Spongebob, <laughs> <laughs> Destroy All Humans. What a like it could set. be some sort of... yeah. yeah. It wouldn't stand up though, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, what would you even call it? Who knows? Who knows? I thought.
2: <laughs> I really don't. No, idea. It's entirely possible that there's going to be a lot of mergers going on between these yeah. sort of, these companies as well. It, it's really hard to say. Like, it's, announcing you've just bought eight studios in one go is kind of
1: odd. It's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a like here's my big dick energy kind to of flex <laughs> on other studios, isn't it? Really? like Look what we've done. Yeah. Your movie, eh? Yeah. It, it we has... don't
2: have a big dick, but we have eight small ones. <laughs>
0: Octodick. Octodick. That's a, that's a game I'm playing. Oh, no, that's Octodad. No, it's Octodad. It's a very I
1: mean, different game. Let's be honest. I'm sure it Octodad's one, got that big dick energy as well.
0: Octodad's a great game. Great game. Is that, it is. that published yeah. by THQ? Yes. It wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me. Uh, but speaking of, speaking of games coming potentially to Stadia in the future or, or otherwise, uh, we've got uh, two new games got rated by... Uh, it was the... German's rating board, the USK, so not ESRB. Uh, one again, one of these other rating boards which grades games, which is why Stadia app and XCloud should be allowed on Apple because they're rated. They're they're governed by this overarching thing. Uh, from Devolver Digital, which we know we've got a few games now trickling through to Stadia, uh, we've got Hotline Miami and the sequel Hotline Miami Two Wrong Number rated for Stadia. Um, they were rated on the 28th of July, uh, respectively, so we've got those uh, most likely 100% incoming. We've seen these ratings be very, very critical uh, and factual before. Uh, either of you two had a chance to check out the Hotline Miami games previously, and what are your thoughts? I'll go to you, Tom, first, because you're nodding away.
1: Yeah, yeah. played the first one. I think I picked up on Switch, of all things. Mm. Um, it was Switch, um, oh, oh, was it actually on PS Vita?
0: Could have been I, on the I would Vita. Have thought Vida would. I yes, had it case.
1: on Vita. Yeah, I remember having it on a handheld device on something I could play handheld. Well, it's um, been quite a while since I played it, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I like that sort of. Um, it's a throwback to like the original GTA's, isn't it? That top-down sort mm. of two um, D top-down shooting, moving yeah. through rooms and so on. I like oh, it. It's yeah. a bit of fun.
0: Well, it reminds me of um, my uh, my uncle had a uh, Sega Dreamcast. Of all consoles. And when we used to go on his. He only had three games. One was uh, like Virtual Racer or something. He had Casper the Friendly Ghost. And he had a game called Loaded. Um, okay. Reloaded or something it may have been. Where it was very much a top down. Uh, you got keys to go into certain rooms. And you had a, a, a squad. Of, I think there was about 2, 2, three, four maybe. Co-op and you basically just like shot, like I said, Grand Theft Auto, Bird's Eye View style, and so the the characters were just basically shoulders and a circle for a head and then a, a stick for a gun, um, but you went around, collected ammo, collected weapons, grenades and stuff, and basically just mowed through uh, tons of enemies on it, and this is essentially what Hotline Miami is. It's set in 1989 in Miami. It's got really cool kind of synth-pop 80s beady music. It's really vibrant. It, it ticks over nicely. Um, I, I love the original. I never had a chance to play number two, um, for those of you who've just played through The Last of Us Part Two, you'll notice Hotline Miami actually makes an appearance on a PlayStation Vita within the world of The Last of Us. So it's <laughs> it's not dead, Richie. It's still going in the post-apocalyptic world of yep. whatever 2035, whatever it may be. Um, I'm excited for it. It's been a while. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a pro game. In all honesty, just because of the age of the yeah. game, the size and scope of the game. It, it even though I think is a brand new indie title. It was only ever 15 to 20 pound range. So it's- if it's that niche pro... It's a perfect pro, yeah. pro
2: game, in my opinion. It's very, very well re- received. Um, it's a, small, a smaller title. It, yeah, it, it, it's good. It's a good game. And it, it just shows it as well. This is something I know a lot of people are not fond of, but shows Stadia's commitment to getting these well-beloved indie titles mm-hmm. on the platform to fill out the back catalogue.
1: Yeah, definitely, I think that's for. what we need to we need to look at that, really, don't we? Yeah, we need to consider the fact that this is this seems to be the move that they're taking now in terms of indie games. They're this this I won't say they're straying away from the lesser known ones because getting lesser known on the platform is still good for exposure, mm-hmm. but they're definitely trying to hit the indie the indie crowd in terms of getting the big indie title names. Now. Yeah,
0: I mean, Hotline Miami, the original one, it got plenty of t- um, I think it was twenty twelve Game of the Year nominations, so it was one of the ones up there with the ones at the time. Personally, I just think it's it what they I need. I think to IGN do.
2: rated it as a ten. Wonderful. So, so that's that's the level of game we're talking about. Yes, yeah. wish. Oh, the... uh, Mach- Machine was ninety-five out of a hundred.
0: Um, You're watching the trailer, aren't you? I am. Yeah. yeah.
1: So all we need right now, all we need right now, is fall, guys. Oh
0: well, we'll be talking about that in our post-show, no doubt. Games uh, that sta that we would like to yeah. see on Stadia, because there's been a lot of rumours this week around some games that may and it may not be coming to Stadia from leaks and reports and stuff like that but we'll we'll talk about that more when we've got a more concrete when we've got an esrb german ratings board uh, locked in that's when we'll really go in depth and talk about i'm surprised
2: i thought like
0: peggy was a pan-european
2: rating board i thought that was kind of the point but i I didn't realize there would be a separate one for germany
1: yeah apparently there is i mean we've got the bbfc in the uk as well so i mean i know it's Mm film classification. I, but I suppose Peggy is probably opinions.
2: dealing with European law where the individual countries are their laws beyond that.
1: Hmm.
0: Do you think yeah. the same guy does the voiceover for all of them? So, you know, like the Peggy 18, Peggy 12. Do you think he does like the German board and every other one as well? <laughs> you, you, U.S.K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably, he probably did it's just
2: like one recording session where he just did all the ratings boards and all the ratings in one go.
0: <laughs> yep. Peggy 16, just Peggy 18. Just gets in there with the German board as well. That's it's nine, rating. I don't know what that is. Um, but in terms know, of that Fanzig. <laughs> Islands Fanzig, yeah, Peggy. That's eleven. I don't know. I'm just saying German numbers uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a predominantly English podcast, except for actually that's twenty one. Sorry, we get to uh, Islands Fanzig. Is, yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, well, that's that's for another yeah. discussion <laughs> altogether. How much German do you not know? Um, in terms of the games, though, we do know FIFA is coming. Two for twenty-one. We yeah. hope, actually, I don't think that's officially been confirmed. At it's the, not fair. It would be weird FIFA. if FIFA. It would be very weird if they came up with tw- again with it being annualized. It seems daft yeah. for them to work on an older game when they could just go it, from this. It year is forward.
2: possible they do the yeah, do the Nintendo move where they've ported they ported like an older ver- an older version of the game, but they like change the squads to the newer version. So I think it might have been like seventeen or something where it was like mm. the the. The version on Switch or get whatever it was, the Wii U at the time, I think, was like the previous years when they'd upgraded yeah.
0: the engine. The, yeah, they did that on Vita and such, and that, that, I think, predominantly was just down to the capabilities of the device. It, you couldn't iterate and get yeah. better and better year on year, so it was much cheaper yeah. and more efficient, and it was going to make op- the game... And optimization more, yeah, as well yeah. for that. Um, whereas I think Stadia, yeah. it has the the foresight benefit of always being like the best version you'd like to think. Um, so yeah, my, my guess is it's going to be FIFA 21, we'll get. Yeah. And um, yeah, they've dropped some stuff this past week. So as we start to ramp up towards uh, the football season starting again, uh, we've seen some information drop around the career mode uh, and also the cross player functionality, or lack thereof, I should say. So we can yeah. confirm FIFA 21 is not getting cross player. disappointingly enough, with uh, other platforms, Ooh. which...
2: Uh, That's including cross-generation play as well Yeah,
0: it depends on your take personally The way I play FIFA, I do love to jump into a bit of career mode And I enjoy playing it with friends I'm not one for the FUT seasons campaign mode That's all online Uh, And I'm not really one for playing with strangers online I'd rather play with friends uh, Competitively or otherwise Or as as a team Uh, So in terms of the crossplay, it doesn't really have an impact on me because I plan on getting it on Stadia and I plan on playing with the likes of Richie and anyone out there. I know me and Chase have a game lined up, Orlando versus New York City FC.
2: I'm I'm completely with you you there, Chris. I'm exactly the same. It's all about the Korea mode or Couch Corp for me for FIFA. But I do think this is a bit of a blow for Stadia who has by far the smallest user base, it not being crossplay. If you are big into the online features you're probably gonna not going to get out on the stadia.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, That's it's definitely going to
0: hurt. Although, one of the big things I would like to see with the mentioning around uh, career mode and stuff, we alluded to yeah. it last week, Richie, you talking about Football Manager. I would love the ability to jump in and do my training simulations, simulate some matches, pick my squads, do some transfers, all with just touchscreen controls on the go. Yeah. That will be phenomenal for me. Then I'll play my matches on the big screen at home, but then if I'm out and about on the move the ability to customize and tweak stuff and, and put maybe requests in for transfers and purchases, yeah. that'll be fantastic. So I'm I'm looking forward to those two things kind of coming uh, coming to with a tandem the, with each other.
2: Yeah, with the additional stuff they're put they're putting into career mode, this year they seem to be focusing heavily on career mode, which is a lot it's about probably about seven years overdue that they've done this. <laughs> I put a bit of effort into career mode. And I'm quite excited for it actually. So it's a lot of the stuff I've been wanting for. Part of it is almost like a half step towards a football manager where you get a lot more stuff. You don't, where instead of before, if you didn't, you could just sim games and it's just like, oh, he's a screen. Oh, you lost 2 (laughs) 1. Now you actually can influence a game tactically, effectively play as the manager. Oh, and then you can also jump in and out of the game, which looks pretty cool, to be honest. Mm. I'm all for this, these changes to cream mod. So,
0: yeah, it's interesting stuff to, to, it's a definite
2: buy for me. Yeah,
0: same. I, I missed last year's FIFA, so it's, I'm hoping they've iterated with an extra year, and I know the Curry mode got a bit of a backlash uh, on last year's iteration because it was practically broken on launch. There was After, less in it than the previous years. Yeah, so I think this is this has forced them to really double down and just make it a, an exciting aspect of the FIFA Well, there year. you go,
1: EA execs. We know you're listening out there. You've at least got two people purchasing it on Stadia, so let's make yeah. sure it happens,
0: yeah. Let's make sure. Are you not jumping in, Tom? Are you not a... <laughs>
1: I'm I'm not I've never been that big on football. Um I, I haven't played a FIFA game since probably I wanna say like sixteen, probably. It's mm-hmm. been it's been it's been a number of years now. Not much has changed. But no, I wouldn't <laughs> expect it to, but but f- um football or soccer for our American viewers has never really been like my 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 sort of sport of choice personally. Um I've always been a bit more out there with things like um like the ice hockey and so on as well, which um from from EA's perspective, I don't I don't believe they're actually releasing. We haven't had any more information about NHL twenty one. In fact, I actually think that's been delayed um simply because of everything that's gone on. They've sort of like taken the regs out of that basket and put it elsewhere. Mm. So
0: Yeah, I'd be intrigued to see if we get uh MLB the show, because that's mm. they've recently just stopped being Playstation exclusive and they've announced going forward they go even though it's made by a PlayStation on studio it's going to be open on other platforms as well, such as Xbox and PC. So it'd be interesting if Stadia falls into that caveat or if it is maybe just too much work for a a PlayStation on studio at the end of the day. But we are starting to see that cross-pollination coming alive. And I think, yeah, as gaming does move more towards the cloud, I can see, I mean, we saw it with Horizon Zero Dawn coming to PC, Death Stranding. I think there is a lot of room for this cross-pollination if, again, businesses go where the money is. So if you've got a platform of, x amount of people why wouldn't you put your game there so interesting stuff speaking of more new games as well we did allude to it slightly last week but we've had a little bit more trickle out regarding uh, DC and what the world of Batman and his um, colourful cast of enemies are up to Uh, we got confirmation this week that at the DC fandom event taking place later this month on the 22nd uh, of August, we're going to pretty much hear about the game announcements and finally, finally find out what WB have been up to behind the scenes and Rocksteady have been up to. So, um, if I'm right, the it's called Suicide Squad, Killer Justice League, is the title for the Rocksteady game, and WB Montreal's that long tease Court of Owls game is going to be Gotham Knights. So, not Court of Owls, Gotham Knights. Now, so, thoughts? I wonder. If
2: Gotham Knight is going to be a se- a sequel to the Arkham series, but not playing as Batman, so set in the same world, hmm. so the... wasn't the last one Arkham Knight.
0: Yes, that was. The and the fact one. that it's
2: plural suggests probably multiple characters.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the the Batman games by the end of it, you could play as Catwoman, you could play as Robin, and the DLC sub- subsequently yeah. let you play as a few of the characters, but never in like the main campaign. It was always Batman predominantly. Um, Yeah, I
2: wonder if that's going to be a bit more of a heavier focus on the cast of characters, where rather than having Batman and side
1: characters, yeah, the I wonder if they're actually going for more of like if you think about like the Marvel Avengers style approach to it, and basically saying like you you have your missions, but you have your choice of characters to approach the missions from different angles, or perhaps even that you can just um, drop in and out of almost like a you know a, a a fully fluid world, open world where you, you know, all the different characters if you think a la GTA 5 you've got your characters out there in the world doing their own things but you can mm-hmm. jump into them for, for missions and so on I don't yeah. know. I no, don't know.
0: I think you're right there Tom, I think what, what one of the heavily rumoured things has been is that one of them is going to be a squad based game similar to mm-hmm. Destiny a the new upcoming Avengers game which we'll, we'll talk about briefly and Again, the, the cast of uh, villains, like the hall of villains that essentially Batman has, I think is phenomenal. <clears throat> part, of, part of the reason I really enjoyed the Arkham games is I think all of the villains in Batman have such a deep uh, lore behind them and interesting quirks, you know, like when you vary from Scarecrow to Penguin to Killer Croc and stuff, there's such a variation in villains and they're also likeable in their own way, which is, I think, why things like Suicide Squad is even a thing because the, the cast of characters are so... Different and varied. It, They've it's got a
2: great. charisma behind them. They're yeah, not completely. Just, they're not just very generic characters. There's actual character. Yeah, in there. I
0: mean, I would take when you look at some of the the Marvel stuff that puts out, some of the the B list villains they try and drag out. And I mean, even just like down to watching like the the movies, Iron Man three and the Mandarin. Like the the Mandarin, I'd never even heard of him before the movie, and then in the movie they decide to do a lovely twist as well. But if you have named me Batman villains, like. Um, the joker and stuff like there's so many more you can throw out there um deadshot well, and think, the likes of that it's, it's wonderful
2: i mean it's a completely different podcast but i think the um biggest failures of the dceu was they just didn't develop the characters they boil them down to one or two traits and just yeah. chuck them into almost like a late game story where you expected to know batman's backstory massively mm-hmm. before justice league yeah. without ever really being on that journey with him.
0: It was certainly rushed, but unlike yeah. things that are rushed, this stuff's been cooking at Rocksteady and cooking at WB Montreal for what feels for a like time. a half, half a decade, if not yeah. probably at this point. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I played Arkham Knight a lifetime I mean, ago now, and Arkham Origins Arkham even Knight longer. Go, I guess Arkham like 2015, out? 16-ish? Or you... Take a look. You typed type away. Um... 2015, 2015. Yeah. so yeah, five years, which is crazy. Half a decade um, ago. And again, when we get the announcement of DC Fandom, that doesn't tell us it's coming out then. We might still have to wait till into 2021, yeah. so that's a long time in development. So all that tells me is that we've got some big games <laughs> on the horizon, which I'm looking forward to, and we know WB have that relationship with Stadia. We've not seen anything of it yet, but we know it's in the pipeline. So fingers crossed we're going to get this announced, and we're going to get another day and day A big hitting title for Stadia hopefully coming mm-hmm. soon. Um, moving on, then we'll move into some different aspects of news this week. Um, before we jump onto that, I do want to talk about the only on Stadia plan. So we opened up a segment, I think it was last week, called Only on Stadia, and this is oh, this God. is shit that could only happen on Stadia. That we <clears throat> we want to have a little laugh about, a little jovial chuckle, if you will. So this week, YouTube Gaming, I think Ed, I saw Eddie comment on it and tweet it back out. Um, they they came out on the U, the YouTube Gaming channel. Uh, asking which one of these platforms you choose for crossplay, and it was a, a four-segmented panel collage of photos. Top left, DualShock Four. Top right, Xbox controller. Bottom left, two Nintendo Joy Cons, and bottom right, keyboard and mouse. Now, gentlemen, which which particular platform of gaming is missing from that list that they actually own?
2: This one. Oh dear.
0: Audio oh dear listeners, I'm holding up my um my Stadia controller. You, yeah, you can't really write this shit, can you, but only only I, Google would forget their own platform when promoting gaming and crossplay.
2: It just shows the disconnect within Google as a as a corporation. It's like I know YouTube Gaming is a separate company to Stadia, but you at least think they the like this just shows that they're probably not even considering Stadia's. Like it should be the top left. It, it, well, like, I mean, sorry, yeah, Tommy, you're probably
1: going to say. I was going to say, interestingly, they we did get a response from um, from YouTube Gaming themselves as well, saying that they are a you know they are a platform that doesn't bias in any way whatsoever. But I still don't think it excuses them from not including that. Yeah. If you're not yeah.
0: biased, that should have everything there. I
1: yeah, want like, N64 controllers. <laughs> oh, I want to see a bloody like joystick and a steering
0: wheel as well. Yeah, on there, if, but...
2: if you're not biased, just show like generic Mad Cat's controllers. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's
0: a throwback. Um, but it's just one of <laughs> those. Yeah, it's just one of those only unsteady and laughable moments that they would forget their own. division Um, and and again a second uh, add-on to that is when you go on the youtube website the icon for youtube gaming is a stadia controller so it's integrated to some degree but it just baffles me that somebody over who runs the youtube gaming account doesn't think to maybe put your own product at first and foremost and then because this is the type of like subliminal marketing you need your product in the public mind's eye alongside these these other big hitters to make it become a yeah. viable product. If you're not talking about it on your own storefront, like Apple and Google we were talking about earlier in the show, it's just a free opportunity to make you look like you can stand up against the big boys and not having your presence there just makes memes and GIFs and people sharing it and people commenting on the Twitter thread going uh, Google, you forgot about your own platform there. You're, you're being detrimental yeah. to your own product. Looks- whether yeah. intentional if, if or not. If they had
2: the Stadia controller on their Anyway, instead of, like, say, the mouse and keyboard. There's going to be people calling them out for bias, but that's inevitable, and I think it's still better than not having it there. And they're they're always discussing on the podcast, like, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but, again, a laughable point, and only on Stadia. Only on Stadia for now. A few final points of note for this week's news before we wrap up. We got some APK breakdown features as well that are coming to the app. So it looks like we're going to be getting pre-ordering uh, we know we can do it on Destiny, or we could do it for Destiny. It was the idea, the the next uh, couple of years worth of content popped available on there. Um, we've also seen uh, not only pre-ordering is due to go live. It looks like text messaging within the app, so we it's know. finally coming. <laughs> finally, <so> you can <laughs> Yo. you can contact your Stadia people. Uh, I don't think it's that big of a a deal. A deal, really.
2: Um, There's a lot of people asking for it, so yeah, I'd say so. I
0: would always just message you through WhatsApp or otherwise. I'm, still. Yeah, I'm always, true, I'm
2: always seeing true. people in like the face in like the Facebook groups asking about what's the best way like, to communicate with people on stadia. So true. I'd say, I
0: suppose, it is a big yeah, deal. if you're not, <laughs> I suppose if you're not fortunate <laughs> enough to know the people you're playing with, it must be quite yeah. difficult to arrange something. Like, I actually take it for granted that when I want to play, I just message you guys in our joint group and just say, Let's jump on Discord for the voice chat because the Stadia chat, but below par to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: we we have a Discord. We can just use yeah, we that can use that. We want.
0: Um, Other features that are mentioned in that is uh, Stadia 2.29 is also going to come with a Stadia update for status. So obviously you've got online, busy. Uh, At the moment, it looks like they're going to add extra ones in that comes under the category of looking for a party, streaming, which would come in handy for us because there's several times we've been streaming and notifications start popping up mid-stream, which can can be a distraction. Um, But it would be great if it would just pop up saying, yeah, Sounds of Steady is streaming spitlings or something like that, and then it would prevent notifications popping or coming through. Um, Looking for a party is great, as you mentioned there. Richie reaching out to people... Who you maybe don't know on a personal level and want to play a game, just looking to, for a I'm, party. I'm free, I'm Facebook's playing whatever.
2: T- Facebook's a terrible platform for that. I'll get a notification from like the UK um Stadia Group. Click on it and it was about a conversation happening twelve hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> or you click the link <laughs> wow. and it
0: says something went wrong and you can't you can't actually yeah. play with it. But um, well, that's
2: usually when someone's got rid of the
0: post that way. Yeah, one. true, true, true. Um, and then the final final point of call that I wanted to touch on this week—it's not necessarily specific, um, but it, it does really ring true uh, for my own personal gaming life—is uh, remedy control five or five. I tweeted about it earlier. Have you froze, Tom?
2: Tom's froze. We'll keep going. He'll he hasn't back.
0: froze with that face, has he? Yeah, I, th- I think. He's Let's going. just keep going. No, he stands still. He stands still. Look at his eyes. No. Nah. I think you might. Have no, he's definitely clothes. froze. Wow, that is a that is a position to freeze in, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? For audio viewers, li- viewers, <laughs> listeners, uh, I can't really describe this face to you, really. Um, yeah, I don't even know. You'll have to check out the YouTube video to find out what the yeah. hell is going on over there. <laughs> point upwards, Richie. Let's just point at him. Yeah, that guy over there is froze. So, just after that little technical mishap, Tom is back with us, or oh, he's disappeared. There oh. he is, he was hiding <laughs> hey, under down. the table all just along. Just hiding all along. <laughs> hiding all along. He went to fix the internet, which, of course, yeah. everyone keeps below the whole internet. Below, below, yeah, the you kicked the
2: internet. internet underneath your desk Yeah, He kicked mean, it, that's the problem. Yeah, he kicked it. It's in, it it's in
1: Richie's It's in Richie's cube. <laughs> that's oh, it, it's that's hidden why. down there. Passing I the, thought uh, I saw
0: your feet come through the ceiling. Pass the internet back up. But yes, just to, to talk about that, we <laughs> were discussing Control. And uh, the lack thereof of future planning for next gen. So this is Stadia specific because I think it could come to Stadia with being one of those last Game of the Year uh, nominations. Ooh, okay. um, if you think about it, we've got Sekiro. Uh, we've got Hotline Miami, which is a 2012 nomination. Uh, what else have we got that's coming? That's Game of the Year. Oh, Jedi Fallen Order as well. So there's quite a yep. couple of games, and I think Control fits into that bracket of an older title, but one that probably could be ported quite well to stadia and i think remedy in particular are quite open with these kind of things so in regards to controller the really thing that knocked me off this week was the deluxe edition you can buy in all its entirety like i was just saying to richie there you can buy um control all of bells and whistles including all the dlc season pass content uh, as a new bundled up deluxe edition which comes with if you buy the deluxe edition a free port over to next gen so if you have a ps5 an xbox series x or potentially stadia in the future you get that next iteration included the thing that really gets under my skin as I was an early adopter of control I pre-ordered it I had it day one I paid full price for it I also because I enjoyed the game so much it was one of my game of the Year uh, discussional ones last year I also bought the season pass for full price and I've got one and the second one's just about to drop with Alan Wake this month looking forward to jumping back in however I as an early adopter have paid full price i do not get a free upgrade to next gen i have to buy the deluxe edition for full price once again to get that benefit so someone who's paid more who's been a bigger supporter a bigger fan of the game i've got the platinum trophy in it as well on playstation the reward i get for that is i have to buy it all again for 40 quid just to get the next gen version yep business practices ladies and gentlemen
2: it's that's kind of bullshit to be honest um initially i didn't realize that if you had if you bought the season pass you didn't get the upgrade to be at first so at first i was thinking like, that's a bit crappy that if you have bought the game you're not getting the free upgrade but i wouldn't have been expecting it mm-hmm. but if you've bought the season pass basically you've got the uh, ultimate edition
1: anyway just not in name yep and that sucks I... let's be real, this decision though hasn't been made by Remedy themselves. This will be five or five yeah, games the publisher yeah. will make that decision. So no hate needs to be directed towards Remedy. Remedy've been a fantastic company, have done yeah. some incredible things with their games. But it's it, yeah, it's it's crappy business practices by the likes of five oh five by the publishers that just want that extra bit of cash. Yeah.
0: Again,
2: I just Here's think a way we get, can make a bit more money.
0: Yeah, it just mm. conditions you though to think just wait. So if I didn't buy the game and support it day one, if I didn't buy the season yeah. pass, I could have waited just under a year bought the deluxe edition for 20 pound less and then i get more for less like what kind of way is that to support your audience support your crowd essentially mm. it just makes me think like when they bring out the next game why would i buy it day one when i could just wait and get the better like superior version for 20 pound less yeah it's just a. it's i know it's, it's i understand why these things happen i just think it's just not great but well, I will it's buy it not, on Stadia if it comes out on Stadia because it's a phenomenal game. And like I said to Remedy, no disrespect them, they've made a great game.
2: I hope it comes out on Stadia because there's one I, I've missed. And if it comes out on Stadia, that's probably when I'll be more motivated to buy it.
0: Exactly. Um, but that brings us to an end of all the world... ...and all the joys of stadium, ...all the world... ...all the world, the that world. brings an end the to the end world... world. Don't get, ...I don't want to get an upgrade and
2: control yeah. the world... It's going to ...stop
0: this podcast, ring, your, your, loved, ring your loved ones... <laughs> <laughs> ...tell them how you really feel... ...that that date that you've wanted to uh, ask out... ...for many, many months, go do it... ...because this podcast and the world... ...is apparently about to end... Um, ...but no, that brings us to an end... ...of episode 47 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast... ...the longest running UK Stadia podcast... ...in the world... Uh, brought to my brought to you by myself, Chris, my lovely co-hosts, Tom and Richie. Uh, and do not forget to subscribe to the channel so you are kept in the loop with all of our episodes that go up. But more importantly, all of our live streams, content, unboxings, Tom's review of Kishi and using Android devices, Richie's beard and much, much more every week over on the Sounds for Stadia channel. Also, don't forget our lovely patrons out there. Thanks for stopping by patreon.com forward slash sounds of stadia where you can sub to our channel for as little as uno dollar or 79 pence and that gets you exclusive content and more importantly the post show after this where we're about to head off and we're going to talk about all the games we would like to see coming to stadia in a bit more in depth discussion so thank you for tuning in uh, my name's been chris you can find me at cyberchris 2077 over on twitter i've been tom you can find me at,
1: at adaxislp over on twitter I've been Richie and I'm at RichieC89
2: and I'm a little annoyed at Chris for changing up the outro. (laughs) (laughs) Me too,
0: mate. Me too. (laughs) And I also don't care at Sounds of Stadia on Twitter. Thanks for watching, everyone. Have a great week in gaming. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.